Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. The East Coast has been hit with a lot of winter weather in the first month of this year. I noticed the European models always give us a lot more snow than the American models. I think it's nostalgia, as the first European models of this country involve blanketing the country, not in snow, but in smallpox. (laughs) A study by the Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology suggests the COVID vaccine may be delaying women's periods. That's great news for women who can add I just got my COVID vaccine to the list of excuses they can give to their significant others, along with, I have a headache, and is that all you've got down there? A study in Hong Kong stated that hamsters were capable of catching COVID-19, meaning the virus is transmissible through anal sex. Former Alaska governor and vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin tested positive for COVID-19 again. 
I'm legit shocked as I didn't think anyone was willing to get close enough for her for her to be infected. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani will appear in the season premiere of The Masked Singer. Personally, I'd rather see him on an episode of MTV's Wild and Out without safety measures. Stormy Daniels won her lawsuit against her former attorney, Michael Avenatti, after it was revealed that he stole money from her book proceeds. It turns out there are limits to how a porn star is willing to be fucked. Oh. <laughs> Coldplay announced they will stop making music in 2025. When did they ever start? It will be nice to have something to look forward to in the year when the second Trump coup attempt will be successful. Oh, Tom Brady announced he's retiring after 22 seasons of playing football. Ooh. If he uses his retirement to be one of the latest celebrities to take up stand-up comedy, then I hope he's easily distracted on stage by a horny open micer trying to bang Giselle. <laughs> in other words, he should stay out of Baltimore and D.C. <laughs> Reportedly, Tom Brady has never gone to the White House following a Super Bowl win except for this last one. He says it was for scheduling reasons, but I think it's because Giselle only gives him a blowjob after he's won a Super Bowl ring, and she gives the ultimatum. It's now or never. The Washington football team will now be called the Commanders. So they went from a name offensive to Native Americans to a name honoring the rank of the people who ordered their mass genocide. They should have gone old school and called them the Washington Senators. <laughs> Maryland Governor Larry Hogan announced he will not run for U.S. Senate, therefore giving me the best early 40th birthday present. Him fucking off. A Maryland man was the recipient of the first ever organ transplant involving a pig heart. Now we can use scientific studies to find out how pig hearts will hold up against crab cakes, craft beer, and heroin. It's a great excuse for sending a dick pic, isn't it? Well, no wonder he acts like a pig. He's got the heart of one. The Maryland General Assembly is issuing a curfew in neighborhoods where strip clubs are to curb violence. That just shows how out of touch elected officials are. Don't they know that taking away someone's ability to go to a strip club makes someone more violent, not less? <laughs> the Blackberry has officially ceased operations. Great. It happened, and I didn't even get the chance to back up all of my MySpace blogs. <laughs> a female off-duty police officer was caught giving a lap dance at a private party. They figured it was a cop, when a black customer approached her and she shot him. Oh. <laughs> Jason Momoa and Lisa Benet have broken up after 17 years. Lisa Benet used to be the hot daughter on the Cosby show. Now she looks like she just woke up from a nap at Bill Cosby's place. Oh. And now on with the show. <laughs> Please join me in welcoming Jeff Eisen, Abby Mello, and Michelle Wojcikowski. Hey, Tom. <laughs> hey. Everyone, welcome, Jeff. Congratulations on the uh, on the new podcast. By the way, well, thank you. I see that you can do a podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a new podcast out about the New York Mets. And if you think that starting a podcast about baseball during a baseball lockout was a smart move, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> But it's called National League Town, and uh, so far, so good. We've had one episode, but so far, so good. Episodes out on Thursdays. 
Well, congratulations on that Congrats. one. Thank you. Abby, how about yourself? Uh, I was having a bad day and then I saw someone walking their pet rabbit. So I'm doing much better. <laughs> it was all up from there. Was Only the in Baltimore. Was the person <laughs> hopping with the rabbit? Was the rabbit? No, actually, they were really trying to get it to walk with treats and stuff. It was on a little leash and it was actually just really wanted to be sitting next to a tree, but it was still very cute. So it wouldn't meet other rabbits? <laughs> you don't want to be mixing with those wild Baltimore rabbits. Oh. <laughs> Michelle, how about yourself? I'm doing better now that I got rid of the headache that was clawing its way inside my eyes. Um, Happy I could help. <laughs> you know, Tom, you take credit for pretty much anything that any of us says that's good on this show. And no, you did not get rid of my headache, sweetie. But I appreciate the uh, the gesture. The the uh, okay, that's not a gesture. It's because I had a headache all day, people. Come on. Um, <laughs> but for a second, Michelle, did you think it was COVID? No, I thought it was the stupid Maryland weather okay. because three days ago it was freaking freezing out, and today it was close to fifty. Saturday. It's going to be 60, and then Saturday night it's supposed to snow. And my sinuses are just like, what is going on? So, but it's good to be here without screaming. Dick Cheney was one of two Republicans, along with his daughter, Wyoming Congresswoman Liz Cheney, who appeared on the House floor to commemorate the first anniversary of the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. Imagine being a Republican and a war criminal who shot his friend in the face while hunting looks more decent than you <laughs> dick cheney making you look bad is like a hardened prisoner ignoring the convicted child molester and choosing you for forced sodomy <laughs> the republican national committee called january 6 legitimate public discourse meanwhile their ancestors called cross burnings a low-key family cookout joining us tonight to discuss the anniversary of january 6 and all things related Please welcome back to the show, David Kay. Yay! It's great to be back after a year. This was no. this was what we did the last time. We were we were talking ex exactly about the January sixth. It just had happened. Right. Only I could bust a few more of those uh, insurrectionists uh, on the FBI's most wanted list. <laughs> You know, they have 2,500 uh, people that they're looking for uh, on that list, and they only have arrested about 725 of them so far. So there's a, I'm not good at math, so there's a lot out there, not even <laughs> close to half. Well, according to the RNC, that was just legitimate political discourse. Oh, that's right. You know, yes. all they have to do is pretend they've had a prescription filled at CVS because they will find you. If you get a prescription from CVS, they will send you like 75 texts and then call your house. And even they call, we get one for our dog, you know, at, you know, sometimes dogs get people prescriptions and uh, they call and say, this call is for Riley. I'll say to Brad, could you go get the dog? CVS is calling. <laughs> I don't think something tells me the people who did January 6th aren't taking meds. 
Yeah. Oh, zing. That yeah, they're good. definitely see, off their meds. I nice see a flaw in your theory. That's good. <laughs> With a third of Americans still believing that Joe Biden did not legitimately win the 2020 election, there are those who are willing to rationalize the actions taken on January 6th, one year ago. In this clip, we can see like-minded folks who find a way to rationalize what went down at the Capitol that day. January 6th attack was not the Republicans nor Trump. It was the Democrats were behind it all. They're the ones that caused it all. Do you really believe that? I know it. And there is no way that a Republican would act that way. And there is no way that Trump had anything to do with what happened on January 6th. What about all the Trump supporters that have been charged? And indicted. Because it's all Democratic judges and people that were on the take from the Democrats. I think the whole reporting of it is a giant hoax. We are very peaceful people. So it was a total setup. To me, it was the FBI had set it up. I don't believe that they were Trump supporters that did that. You said the whole thing's a setup. You don't really believe that, do you? I do. I do. Because Trump won the election, they, 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 they've proven it over and over again. I really don't think Trump had much to do other than people that were supporters for him. Some were involved, but I think they were enticed by the FBI and by, by you know, undercover agents. What would you say to people who say January 6th was the biggest attack on American democracy since Absolute the Civil War? Absolute rubbish. But amid all the denial and deflection, I met one Trump supporter who said it was important to be real about what happened on that day. What do you think of the Trump supporters that stormed the Capitol? Oh, God. You talk about misfound feelings. Um, Seeing the folks from my side of the state that were there, and they're not the part of the campaign that we would like to have. Do you think some Trump supporters that say it's Antifa, it's Black Lives Matter, that they know that that's bullshit, but they just don't want to admit it's easier to blame someone else? Everyone is afraid to, you know, take the blame. It's that simple. The thought that there are people in our population walking among us who think that way, just nauseating, and they have no basis for these opinions, but they get it from watching Fox or the other even more extreme channels, and there's nobody to tell them otherwise. So they have that belief system, and it's perpetuated from these cable networks. It's just sickening. It has to be some type of um, cult. These, these people have been groomed to believe this. Oh, absolutely. The, the, uh, the cult of personality that is Trump, uh, Trump's followers, uh, have really been groomed over the years by the right-wing media, Fox, OAN, uh, the Newsmax, uh, all of these, uh, they're they right wing politicians that have uh, that now uh, have continued to tell the the false lies of the uh, of January sixth. 
and the and the false lie of the stolen election. I actually know a little bit about this uh, from the research and there's it's they talk about the toxic triangle. So there's three parts to that. You have to have a leader, you know, obviously and a conducive environment. But that third piece is what you're talking about. Uh, it's the followers themselves have to be willing to go along with it. And there's actually kind of a new, very budding um, research stream about toxic followers. Um, there's not a lot of research out there about it right now. It's kind of a newly coined term, but I will be interested in following that line of research in the future um, it, because they do play such a large role in how big a movement like this gets. And I think you're right, Michelle. I think there's a lot of underlying commonalities that makes a toxic follower. And, and again, also you need that conducive environment. When you say toxic, do you mean they are... Um... Uh, over the top. I mean, they're like just fixated, or are they, or are you saying toxic? I, I don't understand your the yeah. The, the use I, of I'm the speaking term from like the the leadership literature and research, and so what uh, really kind of what it comes out of. I don't have a definition, a textbook definition in front of me, but the um, the idea of being toxic is that you aren't actually, in the case of a toxic leader, they aren't doing what they're doing for the greater good of the people. They're doing it either for their own glory or for destructive uh, means. Toxic followership, again, I, I'm not, it's kind of a budding nascent area of research. I don't know too much about it uh, now, but I would imagine it has a similar connotation where it's that we aren't actually doing good through this work. We're actually doing harm, and maybe that's even our intention. A January 6th rioter asked a judge to let him access the internet. He was banned from doing so because of his participation in online conspiracy groups. His lawyer says he wanted to use the web to look for a job and to interact with people of the opposite gender. I guess it's better to write that in a legal briefing than saying he's an unemployed loser who doesn't get laid. Jenna Ryan, the Texas real estate agent who flew her private jet to D.C. to participate in the events of January 6th, said that she immersed herself in the theories about the 2020 election being stolen. Prior to her 60-day sentence, she started immersing herself in episodes of Orange is the New Black. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas before she was studying how certain ballots for Joe Biden could have been faked and fraudulently counted, now she's studying the best way to be satisfied while being scissored by her cellmate. Oh. <laughs> the, Justice Department, <laughs> the Justice Department has started releasing selfie videos of the various participants in the insurrection, including this one of a rioter bragging about his outing that day. So, yes, today... Ryan Nichols, Ryan Nichols grabbed his fucking weapon and he stormed the Capitol and he fought for freedom, for allegory, uh, 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 election integrity. I fought. I can't believe he just had a tire iron with it. Or was that a nail pole? It was a crowbar. The, the crowbar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Next to his bed. Because when you go to visit the Washington, the Capitol, the 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 cat, the federal, when you go there, that's what you want to have is a crowbar, <laughs> not a camera, not some money for souvenirs. You want a crowbar. The crowbar, though, is to get the best deals from the gift shop, like Ryan Nichols is <laughs> not going to pay this much for a White House figurine.
and he's in his hotel room. Like, meanwhile, the guy next door is probably <laughs> thinking, I'm trying to decide if I want grapefruit juice or tea. Dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Plus, the way he flubbed election integrity, it's almost like he stopped fighting election integrity and started fighting the effects of a stroke. <laughs> Hooked on phonics did not work for him. It's almost like he just learned about that as a reason for why they might be doing this. And he was new phrasing to him. He hadn't quite grasped it yet, but it was a really strong reason to storm the Capitol. Do you think the logic, the logic, quote unquote, was let's storm the Capitol. And then he for a second asked why. And then they said election integrity. But he had already said he had already committed to it. It's more syllables than stop the steal, to be fair. (laughs) Far from being shamed for thinking of debunked election conspiracies, some Republican candidates are using bullshit stolen election theories to further their own political aspirations, as is shown in this CNN report. As we know, overturning the 2020 election didn't work. So now big lie believers are setting their sights on overseeing elections. As we've noted before, at least 163 Republicans who have embraced Trump's lies are running for statewide office. Of those, 18 are gunning for the top election post. Secretary of State, the idea that conspiracy theorists could soon run our elections isn't too far-fetched when you consider how voters are receiving them. CNN's Kyung Law shows us just how these candidates are gaining traction. Good morning. We thought we'd catch up with you here. For someone running to be Nevada's chief elections officer, Republican Secretary of State candidate Jim Marchant doesn't seem to want to say much. What are you here talking about? Election integrity. And and what do you mean by that? Uh, Election integrity. Marchant doesn't want to talk to the press. So, anyway, thank you. But the owner of the sandwich shop invited us into the public section of the restaurant. Where we heard behind this gray curtain, Marchant tell a crowd the lie that the 2020 election was stolen. Eliminate all voting machines, early voting and mail-in ballots. And get new paper ballots from an unknown company somewhere in Texas, he says. This ballot, you hold it up to a After his speech, we asked him again about Nevada's 2020 election results. Trump lost the battleground state by more than 30,000 votes. I believe it was stolen, yeah. I mean, I believe that um, there were enough irregularities that we need to do an audit. 30,000 irregularities? Sure, I think more. Do an audit. Why won't you do an audit? Because there's no evidence. Oh, there's plenty of evidence. There is not plenty of evidence. This this is a a scripted for every candidate that's coming down the line through the Republican Party uh, on this far right uh, Freedom Caucus uh, bullshit. They they have this down pat. They they learn all the little catchphrases and the nuances that they can uh, put out there to um, uh, hand feed to their to the stupid people that will listen to them. What you have is people like that all over the country in the Republican primaries 
and the Republican primaries are becoming more and more extreme because they know that with the election rigging that's going on, that they, if they win the primary, they'll win the general. So they appeal to the base rather than the uh, general population. That's how this, this clown uh, is, that's his platform. He's running to the extreme part of the party. And if they happen to lose their primaries, then, you know, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword because on the one hand, people like that are out of the, out of the running for the job. But on the other hand, like they could be you know, spouting conspiracy theories of why they lost their primary. So well, that's right. They'll, never they'll be- say that. Well, they'll, they'll say the election was rigged because they lost the primary. But what if they win? And then they'll say, well, you know, everyone's behind me on this. But <laughs> I, I just don't th- I, I just don't see I, I just don't see how like everybody's not a- behind you. Apathy's behind you. That's that's why you won. That's why all these guys win. Since being kicked off her House committees and being banned from Twitter, Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene spends all her free time watching her nipples harden at the thought of her COVID-infected constituents being placed on a ventilator. (laughs) For legal reasons, I have to say she doesn't do that, to the best of my knowledge. (laughs) Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert are like the waitresses on their first shift. They They invite a few friends over, and they in turn bring a shitload of people who get blackout drunk and demolish the place, and end up taking selfies with the cops who were called by the other customers. This isn't to say that Marjorie Taylor Greene always finds herself in situations where she is surrounded by people who adore her, as she learns in these clips while making an appearance on a public access show in her district. Hello. Hello. Go ahead. Uh, Yes, I just want to say thank God for Joe Biden. He is an embarrassment to the state of Georgia. Well, we all have our opinions. Amen to that, and I've got mine. All righty, thank you. We accepted Trump for four years. You all refused to accept Biden. You refused to do it. And we, you know, we, maybe we didn't like Trump, but he won, and so that was it. You all, you all are not, you will not accept the fact that Joe Biden won. And that is the whole thing. You're not going to accept it. You're going to keep on and keep on and just pick, pick, pick. And you won't get anything done if you're not going to respect the man and realize that he's the president. You're not ever going to get anything done. You've got to work together. And you are not doing it. You're not doing it. And neither are the other Republicans. They're, they're just going with Trump. No, he didn't win it. He didn't win it. And wasted that all the money in Georgia have to count the votes three times because he said he won and he didn't. I, mean, I want to know expression... how my grandmother's phone from 1978 got on that show and wouldn't stop ringing. <laughs> I can't believe she had a second line. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene, her facial expression looked like she was amazed any of her constituents knew how to work a phone. <laughs> she kept side-eyeing the, the hosts, imploring them to cut her off, to call her off. 
Yeah, she certainly couldn't have been shocked by it because she knows what she's doing is a lie, just like everybody else does. That every everybody every other uh, Republican who spouts off the the continued crap uh, about a stolen election. The whole thing just makes me miss dimpled chads and hanging chads and Darius. that whole thing. <laughs> Absolutely. But even still with that, my gosh, we took it all the way to the Supreme Court and they stopped this. They, the Supreme Court actually stopped the counting of the votes in Florida when there were plenty of votes that could still be counted and could have changed the uh, outcome of the Florida uh, election. And on that note, that's our show. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Michelle Wojcikowski, and David Kay. Woo! Thank, thank you, so you. But before we go, my final thought. From what we can tell the first month of this year, it's clear the highlight of the year 2022 will be Betty White dying New Year's Eve 2021. <laughs> I'm starting to think that Betty White knew 2022 was going to be hell. It wasn't the People magazine cover that jinxed her. It was her thinking, fuck this, I'm out of here. 2022 itself started off with a slew of celebrity deaths. There was Bob Saget. Depending on the circumstances of his death, it may not be completely sad, as his estate may be able to win $10,000 from America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh, Tom! Tom! Bob Saget would be the perfect winner to succeed the 2021 winner of that prize. Capital rioter <laughs> Ashley Babbitt. <laughs> We also lost Louis Anderson, and I find it fitting that he would follow someone called Meatloaf. Oh. <laughs> when I initially posted that joke, someone who worked with him often said that he would have loved that joke. Personally, I think he would have taken an issue, as Meatloaf was way too old of a target for him to abuse. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to Louis C.K. dying, mainly because I want to see how he'll be honored. I hope it's a testament to his biggest contribution to the world of comedy by having his penis hanging out of his pants while he's in his coffin. Of course, <laughs> as he's an old white guy, you may not be able to see it. So I pity the poor funeral home worker that has to take a penis pump to him so that his cock will be gloriously on display for all mourners to see. And if it's that bad an idea, then why is it in Louis C.K.'s will? <laughs> this year started as an improvement over last year as my 2021 started with me receiving angry tweets from Mariah Carey fans all over the world for some jokes I tweeted about her New Year's Eve interview with Anderson Cooper. The hatred was international as it brought multiple cultures together. If my comedy career ever goes tits up, then I may be in line to become an ambassador, sort of like an R-rated Shirley Temple. I will be highly qualified as because of all the angry tweets, I now know the Lithuanian for damn asshole. <laughs> Truthfully, the new year really is a good time for us to take stock and reflect on the fact that as the new year starts, we are all on equal footing and that every single one of us makes the minimum payment on our January credit card statements. And it got me thinking in why I'm glad the holidays are over because I get a lot of really shitty offers around the holidays. For instance, I was offered a lot of money this past Christmas to host a karaoke party. I politely declined. In retrospect, it was the best decision. Sure, COVID was running rampant, and I may have gotten myself and a few of my close relatives ill, but at least I wouldn't have the embarrassment 
of knowing I got paid to host a karaoke party. Good night. <laughs> this episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Eisen, Abby Mello, and Michelle Wojcikowski and guest David Kay. Theme music by Your Own Vandenberg. Executive producers, Tom Myers, Matt Connerton for IPM Nation, and Eddie Carson for Odyssey Radio. Thank you for listening, and please visit tommyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Ugly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A.A. Ron is tied up right now. <laughs> Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Race. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, funny productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.